Well, here we are again for another lunch hour. What's up, what's up? With Renault. <laughs> indeed. Um, yes, indeed. So today, uh, I think, is going to be a fairly lively conversation. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a little bit of time today and talk about um, the coronavirus, which is a major thing that yep. is happening in our world and yep. in our culture. And uh, you can't go very long without coming across it, whether that's yep. on the news, in your news feed, on your phone. Uh, over the radio, in conversation with coworkers, uh, in the school system. I mean, really kind of anywhere you turn, people are thinking about, wondering about, worrying about, talking about, preparing for coronavirus. Um, yep. and, I, and I think, you know, um, part of the reason why uh, we decided to step into this space here at this table again is we're really wanting this table, this hour, to be a place where instead of uh, having 50 uh, cups of coffee about right, uh, right. a reality that goes on in most of our lives that we can have some of those conversations here. So we, we're trying to choose topics that I would typically be spending a number of lunches and coffees with people having the same conversation about the same thing. Um, and this is one of those topics that currently has come up in our space that does two things. One, it has some immediacy to it in terms of real questions about what should we be concerned about? What should we be afraid? Like I'm having, I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions from a pastoral perspective, from a, a friend perspective, like, what do you think? So I want, I want, we want to talk specific to this event and this reality and what we should do. But then also the deeper, more underlying thing is how does this impact deeper questions about fear and about future and about stability and about life and about and those are typically questions that come up regardless of what the particular catalyst for those things are. Right. So I, I love this space this hour on this topic because it's right here, it's today, it's really legitimately questions people are having, I'm having, we're having, um, and it has deeper layers. So we wanna kind of play in all those worlds yeah. a little bit today. Yeah, and as we get started today, I think it might be helpful, uh, number one, to throw out a little bit of a disclaimer uh, neither one of us are in the medical profession. Uh, that is neither, true. neither one of us are uh, experts on epidemics, um, pandemics, or, pandemics any other or any other demics, <laughs> right? right. Um, you know, what, what God has called us to is following Jesus and helping other people do the same uh, as pastors. And so and that's, having that following Jesus and clarity of the gospel inform the way that we encounter and express in circumstances, whatever they may be. So That's this right. is a circumstance we are encountering, right. and we're asking the question, how should we, as followers of Jesus, as people who have a clarity on the gospel, how should we interact with this circumstance, both in terms of how we experience it as well as how we express in it? Yeah. And that's really what we want to talk through today a little bit. Yeah, so, no doubt, no doubt. So yeah. there, there's, there's the disclaimer for you as we jump in. The other thing, too, um, I would just encourage everybody who's joining us today on Facebook Live uh, to feel free to chime in. Uh, let's keep it civil between one another, uh, please, as you guys are, are working through comments together. Um, and, and also, um, we're happy to uh, do our best to address any of the questions yeah. that you may have or input that you have into the conversation, although uh, sometimes that can be difficult to yeah, follow when, real time, when, Whenever so. you are in a space, and this is part of the reason why we're dealing with this space in particular, the reason this came up uh, this week for us in Facebook Live isn't just because we're currently dealing with a coronavirus, but because this particular virus and the way that it's spreading and its impact on lives, however large or small, has created some controversy, right? right. So now there's two sides to a coin. There's the side that's like, 
this is stupid. We're totally overreacting to everything. And there's the side that's like, don't, don't dismiss this as, as, as serious as it is. And because the two sides are sitting very polarized, it's now creating that feeling we have with so many other topics, which is every time you say something, I'm gonna assume you're totally dismissing, so I need to speak up. And then every time you say something, I'm gonna assume you're panicking, so I'm gonna speak up. And instead, we want to kind of dig a little deeper and say, where should we legitimately think about, or how should we legitimately think about issues like this? So, so as, we, as we start, so last night you did something fairly rare. Yeah, um, fairly rare. And, and posted on Facebook a magazine that you came across, just a magazine cover in what, Target or Publix? Yeah, Target, yeah. And posted that on Facebook. And, and that's a little bit uh, uh, rare for you to do. We typically try to do our best on social media to not stir the pot, right? Yeah. Um, but with this conversation coming up today and this being on your mind, um, I think it is helpful that you did throw that out there online, and, and it's interesting to kind of see uh, some of the people that uh, have have um, chimed in already and 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 are even looking forward to being with us yeah, today, which is really cool. Absolutely. Um, so why don't you kind of start us there, yeah, and, and I'll, just I'll to kind of give everybody. I don't know if we can uh, actually put the the computer screen, um, if we can zoom in on that a little bit, yeah. but there's I mean, a, you just go to my Facebook page, but, but there's a magazine. I'll, I'll just kind of, yeah. uh, yeah. share just a couple of things that, yeah. that are on here. It says what you need to know, um, the latest on the deadly pandemic and it's, you know, very big letters, coronavirus survival guide, uh, 25 essential tips to stay safe, uh, survive an outbreak, uh, planning ahead can save your life. Uh, there's a disaster preparedness checklist. Uh, really big letters, are you ready, how to protect yourself, uh, the truth revealed while, why COVID-19 is more contagious than you think, feeling sick, question mark, uh, what to do if you're infected, and then face masks, uh, which ones really work. So this is kind of hmm. what has been posted mm -hmm. um, because that is what is front and center as you check out mm -hmm. at a store, right? Yep. So, so as you are walking through the line, you see this magazine, what goes on in your mind, What'd you, what'd you put it on the internet for? Talk, talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, you know, as, as you, you said, um, I, I take great care about what I post on social media, not because I'm afraid, but because I wanna have conversations face-to-face -face when they're about things that are gonna create silly spaces for stupid arguments, Sure. right? Um, and so generally, I would never post anything that has controversy to it in this kind of way that, that like immediately polarizes and affects. On, on this one, um, I, there was a couple of reasons that I posted. Part of it was because I knew we were doing this today. Yeah. So uh, honestly, like I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 part of it was that I just wanted to see if I, if I put something about this particular reality that clearly speaks to these two sides of wisdom or, or uh, care and panic and insanity. And I threw something on the table just begging the question without saying anything. Okay, I, I wonder what people are feeling right. and what's going on. So it, it was helpful. Actually, I watched the comments play out. I didn't say anything about comments as they played out. I remember Valerie, um, I, I was waiting for somebody to kind of say, Hey, like, what's the purpose of this? Yeah. This is, the, are you, what, what are you trying to do here? Uh, in, in a nice way, like, like what, just help, help us understand, was this 
for that. And, and to answer the question, there were a number of layers. One, I really did want to see, like, I put this out there. What, what stirs? What stirs right now? Where are the fears? Where are the, where are the, 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 where's the wisdom? Who's saying what about that? So that was one. Two, um, I have been, I have been trying to process for myself the, the line, uh, where, where we draw the line on something like this that remains in the side of wisdom without abandoning wisdom and being dismissive, uh, and where we draw the line without entering into panic and fear-driven panic that has no real basis. So, okay. so there's a space where like now we're talking about something that you would talk in that way or in this about something maybe like this. A lion is chasing me through the African bush and is about a hundred feet behind me and it's clear that I am its prey. There's a certain conversation. Be, should be in there's a, a certain conversation I'm having about how you run. Right. 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 And, and in that way, fear can serve you. Right. There's a certain conversation. I'm like, there, something is occurring, a circumstance, and it and, and it solicits this kind of thinking or this kind of conversation. Sure. Okay. Then there's other spaces where you're like, I'm walking through the African jungle. I hear a lion roar in the distance, and the roar is close enough that I know I'm in lion territory. Right. That solicits a certain kind of conversation. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Both those conversations, there is an aspect that being dismissive in either of those conversations is going to lead to your demise, right? right, <laughs> right? right exactly. But the way I talk, depending on which scenario I'm in, uh, the urgency of that talk and the, the uh, possibility of death in that talk are different, right? Right, right? So this magazine, when I read it, I felt like it was a perfect example of the media um, or any, any form of communication, moving the conversation into a space as though the lion is 100 feet behind me. I, it, it has targeted me. I am its prey and I'm going to die. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 an, it's done unless I find a tree or a car to clamor into. When we are probably more in a scenario where we've heard the lion roar and we're like, we're in lion territory, Let's have a conversation about what that means and how what, we stay yeah, safe. What does it mean to be safe what, in the midst of that? So right. when posting that, I was like, man, like this is so clearly and obviously statement after statement of like, we're going to die. So how do you keep yourself safe? So uh, a stirring, a sense of panic right. when I'm reading lots and lots and lots of great articles by thinking medical professionals and thinking people saying Here's some reasons we should not be dismissive and we should be legitimately concerned about the way this thing spreads. Here's some things you do not need to be afraid of at this point. And here's therefore how you handle it. One article somebody posted even last night as I read it was super helpful to me. It was like the 10 things that you should know that, and there was sort of this combination the, of like- The reasons why you ought not panic. Yeah, the reasons why you ought Ten not reasons. panic. 10 reasons. And the, the article was not dismissive in any way, shape, or form. It was very much like, here are some things we do, do need to take seriously, but here's why you don't need to panic. So this word panic versus this word dismissive, those are the two ends of the spectrum, panic and dismissive. And I want to have a conversation about where we should be on this one, right? But then in general, in life, when circumstances come our way, where do we tend 
like how, how do we discern where that line needs to draw? So that's why mm -hmm. I, that's why I posted it because I'm like, this magazine stirs panic. Yeah. So like I, I had the thought, um, just reading the cover of the magazine. I haven't read the magazine, so I don't know what it says. Maybe it says wonderful things inside, but the cover, the way that they, and I get it, they're selling, right? Right, absolutely. If I read that cover, didn't know anything about the coronavirus, zero, right? And I read that cover and, and someone said to me, there's a virus, it's spreading. That's why that magazine's out. I would have an idea in my head of what that virus does. Like, and it would not be, like that idea would have names like Ebola connected to it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, like the reason this magazine's coming out is death is coming right? and you all need to survive this. Yeah. That's the feeling and, that and magazine- Ebola was a very deadly virus for those it infected, right? I mean, yeah. very deadly. Yeah, so it didn't know, this, spread as far. Yeah, but this is this is deadly. this is this is all of the reasons why this one's so tricky. Yeah. This Corona one, because obviously, if you've read anything about it, you know this. One of the reasons they're saying it's so dangerous in terms of its spread is because it's not uh, infecting everyone uh, in a very serious manner. So you can carry this puppy around and be fine. Sniffles, yeah. Yeah, sore can, throat. You can be contagious you think you have a cold. before you're you contagious. Even, before you, before you know, the during the time you yeah. know and after, because the, for, for many, the consequences of, of contracting this virus is very small physically, mm. right? And so you go about a two week stage of carrying this virus around, you infect a bunch of other people, and here's the trouble. It wasn't serious for you, it's not serious for most, but it's very serious for some. So here's what happens. The some that categorizes in that very serious piece they are, they become the victims of our dismissiveness, mm -hmm. right? Because we don't take the spread seriously because no one's bleeding out of their eyes and out of their ears and the organs are not dissolving inside of them like those beasts of other viruses that were spreading. The virus, when a virus spreads and every person infects, nine out of the 10 people die a horrible, very fast death right in front of you. Well, then everyone takes it seriously. Holy yeah, smokes, we're like and and then it doesn't spread. This puppy, spread can spread like a weed right so here's what we're doing we have two camps now the camp that looks at the spread and goes this is very serious very dangerous because it can spread so fast and the reason it's so dangerous is because when it spreads that fast the people in the population that this thing is truly dangerous for become caught they get caught in that net right so we're not protective over those people when we don't behave with vigilance over this virus sure okay yeah then there's the people in this camp that go, the virus does nothing. It's a cold. Now I've found myself saying that. It's, it's, a, it's a cold. You catch a cold and then you sniffles. And then like, I don't understand. We're be behaving like it's Ebola or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So this group of people are not taking into consideration the 2.5% or so of the population that die from this thing, Right. right? And 2.5%, right now the numbers are really small. And it's funny, I'm talking on the opposite end of where I've typically found myself yeah. recently because I've been frustrated with the other impacts of this virus economically and fear and all that kind of stuff. So I've been talking a little bit like, are you, are you kidding me? Like 100,000 people infected, 3,000 die. Like these numbers don't even touch the flu. But the truth is percentage-wise they do, right? The flu is 0.01% of of the total population that get flu die, and this one's 2.5%. So if as many people got this as get the flu, it'd be bad. 
big numbers die. Big yeah, numbers sure. die, right? Yeah, and if you think about that, like in terms of Mosaic's population, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you think, oh man, a hundred people at Mosaic get this thing, yeah. and two and a half people die. Yeah, I don't want to do those two funerals. Yeah, right. That, like, like you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we don't so, want anyone to die from anything. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but people do. But people do. Yeah. Um, so now we're in that weird space. Right. Like now, how do we... we're, now we're in that weird space. Like um, <clears throat> today, on the roads in Central Florida. Number of people will die, like, yeah, I mean, we, or, or on the roads in America. Yeah. A number of people will die. Yeah. They will die, or they will be injured. Every morning, I'm listening to the radio, and there's traffic problems. And 80% of the time, the traffic problems are the result of an accident. Car accident, for no, sure. No, not a fatality, maybe, but a car accident. So someone's injured. Someone's in the hospital for the day, the month, the whatever. Someone's life has diverted. We don't stop driving. But we design seatbelts yeah. and we and get airbags, uh, and airbags and we get traffic pl- uh, cops out there to make sure none of us are misbehaving. We take seriously the dangers of driving, but we continue to drive, right? Right. So now we have this virus that is spreading globally pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. We've determined by science that its spread is quick and and easy. Mm -hmm. We're not even totally sure. I mean, more and more now they they are. I mean, that's one of the things the article said is science has worked very diligently, very quickly. Now we know how it does this. We know what it does here. We know what it infects here. And we're quickly working on a uh, vaccine, a solution or whatever. Okay, so, so great. But the point is two things. One, we should very much as followers of Jesus and compassionate toward those more vulnerable in our society than we are. So, I mean, I would say always us, right. if we follow Jesus, vulnerable people, vulnerable children, vulnerable adults should be always on our hearts, right. whether it be in a human trafficking sense, whether it be in a poverty sense, or whether it be in there's a virus moving around. For most, it's not a big deal. For some, it's a really big deal. Yeah. Who are the vulnerable and how do we protect them? Right. And if I can protect the spread of a virus like this to vulnerable people that might die from it by washing my hands 10 more times today than I usually would, then as a Christ follower, it behooves me to wash my hands 10 more times right. for the sake of those who are more vulnerable than I am, yeah. right? Um, if I choose to pull all my stocks and to buy loads of toilet paper and water stocking in my kitchen so that I can lock down my house when the evil virus out there is infecting everyone on the streets and we're watching one of the movies where it's like, I have have progressed from compassion to fear. And I'm now functioning in a space of like overreaction to something that, so it's it's in this space that we wanna kind of try to figure out, okay, we have a coronavirus that's spreading, what do we do, what don't we do? Yeah, and and I think that you identified two camps and what's interesting about those those two camps and and when you think about questions like okay well what is what is wise what's prudent what should we you know be thinking about doing um versus what is not you know fear and panic and panic and and all of those kinds of things you know the the reality is is that there is probably some overlap in terms of okay the person who is totally unconcerned and what what they're thinking and what they're doing and all, and all of that. And the person that is totally full of fear, they're obviously doing a lot of different things, yep. right? 
uh, this person's ignoring, they're not washing hands, this person is buying toilet paper and, yeah. and Lysol for $220 on Amazon, yeah. and they're washing their hands 20 times a day, and they're not touching their face, even and they're going nowhere. really bad, and they're They've going nowhere. they everything, and they're going Canceled nowhere. all their events. Yeah. And, and that's like, you know, we're talking about here in Central Florida where the virus really has not uh, shown up and spread, a couple of different cases. Yeah. Um, but then in the middle, what you end up having is um, people that do the same things, yeah. but for different reasons. So, 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 there, so, so kind of talk about yeah, there is there is overlap. Bit. It's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a totally different scenario, a totally different story to kind of describe some of the overlap between the things that exist in both the world of vigilance and wisdom mm -hmm. and fear mm -hmm. and panic, mm -hmm. and the things that 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 don't. So. Um, last summer or the summer before, I forget which one, we were traveling as a family and we went to the Grand Canyon to go and visit. And one evening we thought it'd be a fantastic idea to go watch the sunset over the ridge of the Grand Canyon. There's spaces that you can do that. And the park rangers are like, yeah, there's a great space right over there. Uh, they neglected to mention to me with my family of eight children, many of whom are teenagers or slightly younger and irritate each other and then shove each other, that these particular little spaces have things called cliffs there with no railings. So you can theoretically, if you'd like, um, walk off the edge of a cliff, slip and die. And if you fell off these cliffs, I mean, I, I looked over them, I mean, laying on my stomach and crawling my, because I'm a little afraid of heights, but <laughs> I looked, I'm like, yeah, you definitely die. Like this isn't one of those like you tumble down a hill, you hit a tree or two, you break a bone or two, and I can take you to the ER and say, lesson learned, Right. don't go near the edge. This is like you fall, you die. So. There's immediate and definite death involved in the consequence of falling off this cliff. So, would wisdom be present? Would this, wis would this be wisdom? I have eight children who often without thinking get ticked off at each other and shove each other or, whatever, or trip over each other because there's eight of them. And if they're standing close enough to the edge that if they tripped or shoved, it would be a very easy, oops, plummet and die. Would it be wise and vigilant for me to say, guys, if you want to go nearer to the edge to look over, don't go as a crowd, some distance between you all, and let's get down maybe on our knees so because you're much more stable on all fours than standing and you're an awkward teenager and you trip and fall. Th there's, some, there's some wisdom in yeah, that. Yeah, maybe say like, you know, let's not take selfies, you yeah, know, we're not taking selfies edge, near the edge. All, all that kind of all, stuff. Uh, and that's, saying that it like sounds, I'm saying it now. Like, yeah, hey guys, would, here are some of the sure. rules. Here are some things we're not going to do because I don't want you to die. Yeah. And, and if you fall down this one, it's not a mistake I can, I can take back. Unravel, right. Okay, so here was my experience there. I didn't, do, I didn't do any of it. Now, I did tell them you can't go near the edge, but I made statements more like this. If any one of you in a loud, very loud voice that would be inappropriately loud for this particular, if any one of you goes near that edge, I swear to you, without a shadow of a doubt, the punishment you will experience from me will cause you to remember this for the rest of your life. I'd say things like that. <laughs> if any of them started moving anywhere, I, I'm talking about three body lengths from the edge. What are you doing? Stay away. Brooke literally at one point was like, you need to go sit down somewhere else. Like, she was like, you're psychotic. Fear had absolutely consumed me and I had moved from wisdom mm. into panic. Now here's the irony. The statement of don't go near the edge was 
was present in wisdom and the yeah. statement don't go near the edge was present in panic mm. because it was appropriate in wisdom. Sure. When I stopped panicking, which that in that scenario I never did until we left the till, stupid till sunset. after the fact. Right. Wrecked the entire experience. The sunset was stupid. The kids thought I was psychotic. I mean, like They really, were right. And they were right. Like yeah. it was really, yeah. like afterwards you look back and you're like, holy smokes, what happened? And the impact to my panic and my fear was very detrimental. Sure. Very detrimental. Did it also affect some help? It did. They didn't yeah. go near no the one edge. Died. <laughs> no one died. Bonus. So my panic yeah. affected that. So here's what we do. We say, if we panic with the spread of this virus and because we're panicked and we're afraid and we, yes, we're all hypervigilant, we all don't go anywhere. We wash our hands a hundred times a day and we all buy the water and when you do all of that. Will it also help stop the spread of the virus? It would, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Will it affect some of the necessary vigilance we ought to have, like all the things I said? Yes. Yeah. But it will also do some other things. While being helpful on one hand. In terms of results. Of, in terms of results, yeah. it will be extraordinarily damaging on another hand. So that episode on the cliff, extraordinarily damaging to yeah. the experience, the relational dynamics, the the way I was, Brooks' experience of the whole thing, and frankly, should just never have done it in the first place because it, it was no good. And then even after it's in the car that night, the hard conversations Brooke and I had, then my own shame and guilt about fear and what I've done, then looking back and going, wow, I made bad decisions. All of that, I still would have been vigilant in these things had all that not occurred. So lots of damage with a little bit of helpfulness mm -hmm. that could have been present without the damage. Right. Now, if you were to say to me, if you didn't panic, you would have allowed them all to go hang over the cliff on a small branch and take selfies. Then I'd go, panic. Panic is a good thing then. I mean, let's, bring on the panic. Yeah, if let's, if let's the only way right. to create vigilance is through panic, then I'm all for panic because dismissiveness to me in serious situations is more detrimental in of itself than the damage panic does. Right, Are you with the, me so yeah, far? The, the, the damage that panic does is it's temporary, it, it is yeah. relational, yeah. All, it is, uh, you know, at the level of the heart, all those things. The damage that dismissiveness does when you're at a, yep. uh, a, a, the edge of a cliff yep. leads to death. Yeah, so, so let's, let's bring it to, to home now, okay. to coronavirus, okay? So um, when we look at the spread of this virus and we start talking about, okay, the virus is spreading. We don't know a ton about it yet. We do know that it doesn't impact children significantly. It doesn't impact adults under 40 significantly. It has light impact on adults 40 to 60. But when you start tapping into the older adult population, especially those with uh, compromised immune systems, it can have a respiratory impact that causes death. So, right. so we're like, okay, there, it is not a, a, a zero serious. Right. It has very serious implications to a vulnerable part of our population. It has minimal implications to the rest of our population, but it's spreading super, super fast. Yeah. And because of the minimal uh, impact, it spreads faster because no one's aware. Okay, so now we want to make the world aware. This is happening in China. It's starting to spread other places. So we're going to start taking some serious precautions. Okay, great. Then what begins to happen? The economy panics, and there's a nosedive in the China economy, the American economy. So now 401ks and other things nosedive by 30% overnight because now that had, the virus didn't infect the computers, no, right. nor the people in any of those places, nor me in my home that lost a percentage of that. 
That mm -hmm. was a pure reaction out of anticipated. Yeah, there may there may be a two percent you know impact in terms of lost wages, total lost spending, the yep. supply chain being interrupted, those types yes. of things. That's so, a two percent impact, but the twenty eight percent of the thirty was pure reaction. Is is fear? Is fear right? Okay, then. Now it begins. Now that tips and causes a sense of, is this more serious than we thought? Then other fear happens. Now that fear results in other fears that have now nothing to do with the virus that now have to do with this. And that's an implication. Could we have uh, as a world where we can say, what we need to contain this is this, but don't be afraid. We could, but what we, what we immediately But that doesn't sell magazines though. Yeah, and also, our human souls yeah. respond to anything that feels unknown with immediate fear. Mm -hmm. So this is where it comes down to gospel again. Like remember our conversation here is not to determine what is you know, appropriate. Or it's saying if I know the gospel and I know Jesus, how, how do I respond to these things? And frankly, my response to 30% of my stuff going away should still be a response of, well, I mean, my safety net is not in. So wherever the fear enters, it, it enters here, it enters here. I need to be very vigilant like, Am I just now just becoming panicked and afraid? So you're saying for some people, the fear might enter in the first mention of the coronavirus even existing. For some, the fear might enter in, oh, this is actually spreading. For yeah. some, it's people are dying. For some, it's the stock market is being affected. That's right. For some, it's now because of that, my 401k is diminished and my my monthly income is is yep. affected and yep. for some it so what you're saying is is that fear can enter in and at once any point of the fear enters yeah. once it enters mm -hmm. we stop thinking and we just start reacting reacting right. the thing about fear is that it stops the thinking process in many ways we start doing things that someone who's still thinking would look at and go that was odd or maybe we're we're doing some of the same things, but for completely different reasons. For totally right? different reasons, yeah. So so some of those same things that are vigilance will still be just like I told my kids not to go near the edge. Sure. They'll still be present, but what ends up happening is then it then it's, it has a very odd, just like what happened with me on that cliff. Would Brooke have looked at me and thought to myself, what is wrong with you if I'd said to my kids, please don't go near the edge? No. She'd been like, that's But when a I started thought, screaming, yeah. Now she feels like she has the need to say, leave them alone. Like they're not gonna die. I mean, quit it. Now I'm looking at her going, you don't care about our children. Right. You don't care about life and death. Have you looked over that cliff? Right. Now we're in this weird space that we find when you post a magazine cover like I did and it's like, B, we can't dismiss. This is exactly fear mongering, stupid. This thing's a nothing. Because here's what begins to happen to us people. When fear starts driving, here's what happens. The thinking person that's on the be, be, vigilant, be vigilant, that's one category. The fearful person that's panicking, that's vigilant and some, creates this weird thing. So that's our society a lot mm -hmm. now, media and all that. Then this person who may have been vigilant if it was just like, hey guys, this is spreading pretty quick. It can be damaging to a vulnerable part of our population. Let's all be compassionate to that population and help not spread this thing. Sure, I'm good. Now it's, this is gonna kill us and we're all gonna die, so here's a survival kit. What does this person now do? That's ridiculous. This is stupid. Right. And their reaction, and I'm putting myself in this category when I'm not thinking right, mm -hmm. is I ain't washing my hands. <laughs> like, 
my rebellion is like, I'm going to show you that this thing is safe, right? Like, right, right. I'm just being honest. Like yeah, last yeah, week, yeah. I was like, hi, hi. Because yeah. I'm like, are you all kidding me? Because, like, because to you, you feel like if you can defy, if I can the, defy the silliness, the, the silliness that comes along with it, then I will show you that this thing, this fear right. that it's creating, the fear is the problem. But here's what I then do. By definition, I ignore compassion right. and I ignore vigilance right. because now I'm trying to prove that fear is stupid. And so, you may end up spreading so, the coronavirus. That's exactly. Yeah. So, so, so watch how this, watch what fear does. This conversation is actually about fear, right. not about it. the coronavirus is serious yes. in terms of its spread yes. and very serious to vulner the vulnerable population. We should take that seriously and be compassionate. And like my kids, uh, you know, um, my son had a, a cruise this week. Uh, for his senior class, and the school decided to cancel the cruise last minute, the yeah. night before, because of this. And and I, there was a part of me that was like super frustrated. Yeah. Because I'm looking at my kid, and I'm like, if they go on the cruise and they get the coronavirus, I've seen the stats, they're going to get the sniffles, sore throat, roll off the cruise. I'd rather them get the coronavirus than the flu. Like that's that's in my brain, right? Yeah, yeah. Here's what I'm not thinking. But a bunch of other people that are more vulnerable than my 17-year-old healthy son mm -hmm. could die from this thing right. because he – So, so, but yeah. do you see what happens? And in the, in the school, the wisdom there is, hey, we might not want to take a bunch of seniors on a cruise ship that might end up getting quarantined and yeah. have the so, worst so many possible layers. experience So many ever. layers, right? So, right. So, so there's – So yeah. when we're in these spaces, if we keep our heads on straight right. and we have conversations – because we've done two things. We, because we are gospel carriers, are compassionate. We take seriously what this world throws at us. We should be the first to say when a virus is spreading quickly, we live on planet death, we should be vigilant. Like we should actually be, you see, because here's ADD coming. I stopped in mid-sentence and I'm changing thoughts, but, but, right. but this, this is a middle thought, right? When we understand the gospel and we follow Jesus, we should be the people that don't live in either of the extreme worlds. We, mm -hmm. we, we don't have to be fearful in order to be vigilant, but we can be vigilant out of compassion or out of clarity rather or, than out of or fear. Just wisdom. That's what I'm saying. Wisdom, right. clarity, compassion, yep. not fear. Yep. The human race, often the only way to get us to behave is, to buy, is by creating fear. So we do this in behavior modification too consequence driven that's how we all do it you don't drive fast on the highway because you could get a ticket right if because, we pulled all the cops everyone because would drive typical fast. human nature doesn't affect our like our behavior is not affected in typical human nature by compassion that's right it's so that's right as followers it's, of jesus if we're by definition compassionate toward the people who may yes who are vulnerable in this yes then that will curb our behavior yes and Create and actually create vigilance and actually vigilant. create a, a, a lack of dismissiveness and actually create a sense of of even laying down some of my own rights because let's so, so take me I, let's say I'm not a, a part of the vulnerable population on this one I'm like well I'm sorry that you can't go on the cruise because you might be 70 years old but I'm 32 so I'm that's how, and I'm not saying humans are that mean in a sure, sure. but but the baseline thinking is not typically, I'm going to lay down my rights for the sake of a vulnerable part of, my, of the population. Right. We think of that missionally, like I said, in human trafficking stuff, but in things like this, it affords us the opportunity to think about it here as well. But what, what is beautiful, though, is when I remain a thinking person and I let the gospel inform first and foremost, should I be dismissive? 
there's a portion because the percentages are so low. 2.5% out of all of them and children don't get affected, et cetera, et cetera. It's a nothing virus. It's less than the flu. Dismiss it. But compassion stirs up and says, the people that do die, they're my friends too yeah. here. And they have families. And they have they families. Have, and so yeah. I'm going to take seriously my part in being vigilant with this thing to prevent its spread and give science time to find the cures, get this, boom. Okay, great. That's a compassionate response. Fear is it's coming to kill us all. So I'm, I'm going to keep my kids and it's not in central Florida or whatever. And we start behaving, uh, stock markets crash, economies crash, things happen also like is beginning and the impact of the virus is minimal comparative to the impact of fear. We want to avoid that. And how do we avoid that? The gospel again, the gospel says, if this virus becomes a pandemic, despite our best efforts, and if it turns out to be much more serious than we thought, and it starts having significant impact, this ain't our home. And if I'm going to, just like when I get in a car, I must trust that in my story, I am going to be a participant in my own life as wisely as I can. But if I think that if I control all things in my life, I can control my life and my death, I can control circumstances, then I'm going to live in panic and fear a lot, which lots of us do, right? right. I have to be able to look at this thing and say, you know what? If I'm vigilant as much as I can be without being panicked and fearful, if something were to happen, I'm not going to go back and say I should have panicked. Right. Right. If I'd hidden in my house right. in a little basement, then I wouldn't have contracted this. And then that wouldn't have happened because this is how we all live. Uh, so somebody goes out in a car and something happens in an accident and they're in the hospital and they're injured. And what do we always do in our brains? If I just said no to them that day, they wouldn't have gone. But I'm like, what about the other 4,000 days you said yes, that this could have happened? We can't live like that. Right. But when we live like that, we become panicked. Yeah. And, I, and, and what's frustrating to me, honestly, about this whole coronavirus is how much panic it is instilling in people. I then am frustrated with myself and others who then, seeing the panic, get frustrated with the panic and their reaction is to minimize dismissive. and dismiss the virus. Right. I've done, I, I admit wholeheartedly, last week did that, right? Yeah. In so doing, dismissing the vulnerable part of our population that this virus is very serious for, right? So I'm frustrated with both those worlds, but we're Christians. We should not live in either. Yeah, so the gospel is the answer really to both, to both, both of those worlds because what the gospel reminds us of is that heaven is ultimately our home. Yeah. We are longing for a better country. This is planet death, yet it is reminds us that we're so we don't just throw up our hands and say you know sarah sarah what whatever's going to happen is going to happen like we say we we don't just say oh we're going to die eventually we're eventually yep. going to go to heaven life is just a breath yep. so why care about it right on the flip side we say at the same time we are on planet death we don't give in to fear we don't we don't live that that's way right. that's right because heaven is our home that's right. And yet at the same time, we're going to be wise. We're going to be yeah. vigilant. We're going to take care, care for our fellow man. That's we're right. going to care for those. I mean, you those. can even see that in things like engaging in poverty alleviation, right? right? What did Jesus say? Poor will the always poor be will with always you. be among you. Right. So, so look, our chances of eliminating poverty are zero. Mm -hmm. And here's why there's zero. Mm -hmm. Because the God of the universe said, in my story of this planet, 
There never comes a day when you can look around the planet and there is no poor among you. Right. Yeah, so, we're not, we're not uh, reaching for utopia no, as Christians, so, right? Why would I engage in poverty alleviation when I already know at the end of the day I can't solve this problem, right? Because I'm compassionate and I'm wise and I'm redemptive because I now know the gospel. So part of my privilege in on a planet of death is to participate in redeeming poverty where I can, right? And where I can, I may not eliminate poverty totally because this is planet death, but I can participate in redemptive ways rather than dismissive ways. You with me? This virus, I'd say the same thing. This virus or one to come in the future. Look, at some point, there may be a virus that does exactly this, but is more aggressive than this one and does produce immediate death in 90% of the, of the people it infects, and we can't stop it. And then, it, then the magazine that I posted, we need 20 of them, right? I mean, at, yeah, the, yeah. at that point, then it's not panic, it's the lion chasing you. Right. And then it's appropriate to say, lock down, folks, like this thing's deadly and it's in the air. And at you that point, die. it's just wisdom. It's right. wisdom then actually right. becomes panic. So right. <laughs> when right. the lion is chasing you, wisdom is panic and run. Yeah, but and the motivation of the heart, I think, is that's the big thing that as a follower of Jesus kind of frees us up. Um, to say, okay, listen, I can take a coronavirus virus seriously. I can take SARS or MERS or any any of these types of things when they come up, or a hurricane, yeah. or a whatever yeah. it may be that may be coming our way, or cancer, or whatever yeah. it is. We can take it seriously, and we can implore wisdom. We can begin to yes. change, curb our behavior in response to whatever the danger is yes. that's around us. I mean, it's like. It's the simplest thing. You could do a thousand analogies about it. Like yeah. if if you're going to go out on a boat and the there's a huge storm coming. You you don't just say, oh, well, I don't want to live in fear, so I'm going to go out on the water, right? That's right. You say, no, 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 I'm just going to be wise here. Um, but at the same time, when you look at everyday life, there are a thousand ways that this life can end. Yes, or you can be injured or whatever. Or you can be injured. So, and to recognize that, man, hold on, wait a second. Like the motivation of my heart gets to be so different when the gospel is at work in me because I'm not living for this life. I'm not That's living right. for this That's world. Right. I don't have my hope in my health. I don't have my hope in my longevity. I don't have my hope right. in my wealth. I don't have my hope in my circumstances because my hope is in Jesus. That's and right. that's and so free. This brings us back now to what this conversation's actually all about. When I'm entering a circumstance, or a relational dynamic or a resource challenge, but in this case, a circumstance, the coronavirus. I have to ask myself, in my response to the coronavirus and in, my, uh, in the way that I'm experiencing the coronavirus, not like I've contracted it, but I mean like the, the, the reality of it. Yeah, right? it's in our news feeds. Is my response to it and my experience of it, is it coming from fear? What am I afraid of? Or is it coming from lack of compassion or compassion? So in other words, yeah. it, where is it coming from? So I need to examine what I think about the coronavirus. And in this case, now that we've gone far enough down the road that we know some about it, here's what I would say directly. If you are a person watching this and this virus, you have become dismissive of it. Then I would examine and say, am I lacking compassion for the vulnerable part of our population and making it a numbers game. Well, only 2% die and they're vulnerable anyway. Like when I say it like that, yeah. you're like, oh, 
that's cold. Yeah. So, but now I don't mean it that way, but am I in being dismissive, ignoring compassion? Or am I in my reactions to washing my hands and doing everything and wondering if they're going to shut things down, doing it out of fear? Mm -hmm. If I do these things, then I can save my life or I can save us from disaster. Right, I'm like, right, uh, right. Not, no. not, not, not really. Yeah. So I've got to live in this fact that says we're going we're gonna to do the very best we can to be compassionate in our vigilance. And we're going to make sure that we're not being vigilant out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, again, this this subject matter is so fun in this sense that it gives us uh, another, another reminder of just how the gospel really does impact every single yeah. area yeah. of life. And yeah. that's what I love about this forum, this lunch hour yeah. with Renault thing, because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, if I come to you and I say, hey, Renault, man, I um I'm really struggling with this coronavirus thing, and here's why. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, maybe I I I'm struggling with it because my spouse really wants to keep our kids at home, really yeah. wants to make sure that we're washing our hands, really. And now there's tension in my yeah. marriage because yeah. I just think this is a joke, and um, and now I'm struggling. And I come to you and I say, what do I do? Yeah. Now you share the gospel with me, yep. right? Yep. And say, listen, this is this is what compassion looks like. This is what wisdom looks like. This is what all of these things look like. And here's how you can do this without having fear take over. Yep. And I can walk away from that and go, yeah. Yeah. So so you're on a great the flip example. side, I could come to you yeah. really and say, I'm terrified. Yep. And you can share the same things and the gospel sets yep. me free. So so that's a perfect example because I might be sitting with somebody and they're like, I and I'm watching the news. I am so, so afraid of this thing. I've just heard there's two cases in Florida. And, and I'm, I'm having this conversation and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, this is an overreaction. Then I find out that your mother is uh, in a nursing home. Yep. Uh, she has a, a compromised immune system. Yep. And you've heard rightly that when this thing gets into places like that, like that, she's dying. So your fear that you have of this thing turns out to be that you are deeply connected to one of the people that fall under the category of vulnerable people for this virus and they live here and you're and so when you're talking to everybody please please wash your hands please please do this and you're like uh, you don't have to be afraid i don't always know what's layered behind That's that exactly right so to your point does that person have the right to feel a certain sense of elevated wisdom, like now the lion's chasing a bit. So part of our compassion even to, toward one another is to not make the assumption you're just panicking if you're more afraid than I am. Right. Maybe you have a lion chasing you closer than I hear the roar. Right. For me, in my particular circumstances, this coronavirus is a lion's roar in the distance. Right. So that's why I'm kind of like, be vigilant, right. don't be dismissive, but. It, it, even but, if it comes, turns out to be a bobcat. Right. But you know? for some, the but lion's some, a lot closer. Maybe they have those elderly family members right. that, are, that are in areas that are already affected. Yes. Maybe they have yes. spouses who travel to Asia. Yes. Maybe they have, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. And at the end of the day, and this is what it's all about, is that the gospel speaks to both. That's right. right? And it, that's the point. It speaks it? to you and your dismissive. On the one hand, you're able to, to say to that person, man, I, f I feel the weightiness on your shoulder. I'll be praying for you and your mother. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be vigilant together. On the other hand, I get to also say to them, remember, 
that the day ordained for me to die and the day ordained for me to live is not about a virus right. or about a car accident or about right. There is a beauty in this grand unfolding story of God and he is not sitting panicked on his throne going, shoot, there's a virus that's gotten out of control. I was paying attention to something going on in uh, the Middle East when the virus took over China. If only I'd been there, I could have put a stop to it. But now it's kind of too late. Kind of Jesus showing up and Martha going, if you just come earlier, Mary, if you just come earlier, then he, then you could have healed him because he was sick then, but now he's dead for their brother Lazarus, right? right. And Jesus is like, I didn't come too late. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was actually not planning to heal him from sickness. I was planning to raise him from the dead. Right. Because this story is going to be awesome. Yeah. And so I think with God, sometimes we can function that way. Is God absent at the wheel? Was he busy somewhere else? How did this get so out of hand? Does he understand what's going on on our planet? We're kind of back what to about, that. What about what, my what about, story, yeah. my relatives? My, and so right. this is where we're able All to say, that. we come into these spaces with a deep sense of, underlying peace in the sovereign story of God yeah. on a planet of death. Right. Where we, we get to be participants. Where we get to be participants. And then we ask ourselves, how in this scary scenario, because planet Earth has lots of scary scenarios, yeah. can I participate in a way that participate in a way that makes the gospel beautiful, yeah. that is redemptive. So that this is this is also true in an economic crash. We've had one of those. When the whole market turns down and houses drop to bottom prices and you're suddenly in a in a, in a totally different space. If we know Jesus and we have the gospel, is it a bit scary? Do we have to adjust our lives like everybody else? Yeah. But do we have to panic? No. But do we have to be wise? If your finances are nosediving, you talk to your financial advisor and you say things like, what, what do you think we should do? Like, does this look like it's, yeah, maybe we should shift this or pull that. You don't just go, it'll be fine. Yeah. But you don't go, Fix it now. Our entire future livelihood depends on you fixing. Like many of my financial advisor friends, like when things crash, man, oh. it's panic. Everybody calls and goes, what are you going to do about it? Right. Like, I can't control the world. Right. right. So there is that thing again, whether it's the coronavirus, our finances, uh, a, a sickness we get, cancer, or a circumstance, whatever. As Christians, we get to go in and say, I'm going to be wise. I'm going to be redemptive. I'm going to be vigilant but I'm also not gonna be afraid. Right. I'm not gonna panic yeah. because it yeah. produces that. Yeah, so, so uh, really interesting. Um, couple of comments I just wanna share. So um, so uh, Leslie Aziz says, Vander at Vacation Story stressed me out more than possible <laughs> pandemics. But then she says this, which I love. <laughs> they stress me out too. I love it. So she says, maybe this response you're describing is analogous to Paul's teachings to avoid eating food that others see as unclean to prefer the other person above one's own freedom, um, which is just such a great a great piece of the gospel that she's picking out and saying, well, wait a second, we now have the freedom to lay down our rights or to lay down our opinions or to lay down our perspectives. If we think, man, the coronavirus, it's not that um, serious to me, right? Yeah. But you get to recognize it is serious to some. That's and so right. that gives me the opportunity yes. to lay my, my rights yes. down, yes. Um, which is great. So he here's uh, another thought, and I want to uh, get your thoughts on this too. So Vanessa says there might be uh, also people with anxiety dealing with all the information. Um, the lion is more aggressive for them too. Just keep that in mind. So that, that idea yeah. that like yeah, yeah. if you're already struggling yep. with um, yep. anxiety, yep then all of this information is yeah. just fuel for that fire. And, and that right? actually, in part, you know, to even that comment, 
That is in part why it is so important for us as Christ followers not to be fueling the fire of fear, for, especially for those who then they have a natural propensity to gravitate toward fear because either they have legitimate anxiety um, uh, struggles or they tend to right. have personalities that are more driven in that space of, of worrying about things. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the population, that's just how God's wired us. When we perpetuate panic and fear and we don't speak to it as Christians saying, man, this is serious, but let's, let's all look at this, then we don't help them either. That magazine that I posted doesn't help anyone with anxiety. Right. It fuels that fire and then right. spirals it out of control. That's what irritates me so much about what fear can do and when we perpetuate fear. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, dismissiveness doesn't help someone with anxiety because it dismisses them while it dismisses what shouldn't be dismissed, right? Yeah, and I think it, uh, we also fall into a danger of just chalking things up to, yeah. oh, it's just, it's just the news blowing it out of proportion. Yeah. It's just people who have a, an agenda to yep. sell magazines. Yep. It's just this and it's just that. Well, okay, yes, maybe it is being blown out of proportion. Yes, maybe there is rhetoric that's not helpful. Yes, maybe yep. it is fear-mongering. Yes, maybe yes. they are selling magazines. However, we get the opportunity to step in and be um, redemptive and to be participants yep. and to be uh, thinking people yep. um, who are free from fear because we don't put yep. all of our hope in this life. Yep. Um, who can have compassion on the vulnerable yep. and who can be uh, voices of reason, yep. right, within our families, within yep. our work environments, within, you know, and, and to make wise decisions yep. and, and what, you know, what cruise will I go on? You know, yep. I have a friend who's getting ready to go on a cruise. She's yep. a healthy person and yep. she's going to go on her yep. cruise and I'm and, praying that it's going to be a great yeah, cruise. And, you and know? here's the thing, um, and, you know, you said it so well, to be a voice in each of our circles of influence that is neither dismissive right. nor panic. Right. You know, I, I love the way that uh, Kim, on, on our comments underneath that thing I posted yesterday, Kim said this, prudence and preparation are not the same thing as panic. Yes. Okay, so yep. I couldn't agree more with that statement. So, so the key is for us to be a voice to our society of the difference between prudence and preparation and panic. So cruise lines is a great example of this, right? There are a number of cruise lines, as I've been reading and watching articles, and I was because my son was going to go on a cruise. Right. The cruise lines started Which taking... Which is prudent, by the way. Yes. To read articles yes. because your son might That's be right. going on a cruise. So I was reading right, so. just because I was also trying, like, is yeah. this legitimately like a cesspool for death in terms of this, right. the spread of this virus? So then, so we're reading all this stuff about cruise lines, and now even some of our governmental spaces have said, you can go on cruises because the cruise lines have done a extraordinary job of eliminating, like they don't have salt and pepper things at all the tables anymore. So you see that you have yeah, individual packages, hand they're sanitizer. They're experts at that anyway. They're experts they have to do that They spread the disease as a way of life. Right. When you go on a cruise, I mean, you're essentially, so now they're like, if anyone's good at this, we are good at this, right? Right. So let's say they go through all of those things and it's a reputable cruise line and you've done your homework and they've done everything and they're like, we really, no one gets on our boat with a, with a, with a fever. Like, I mean, they were, they were yeah. doing like all sorts of stuff. This is a perfect example. So I've done all that homework. The cruise line's done all their preparation and prudence. And I go on the cruise line. And for every reason, I should be like, this is going to be safe. 
and it happens to be that some guy sneaks on the cruise with the coronavirus totally. and 12 people get the coronavirus on that cruise. The others don't because they're so vigilant. And I come off the cruise and I'm like, oh, I should never have gone on the cruise. I'm like, no, 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 no. We can't control the world. Right. Things still happen despite our prudence and our preparation. Right. But when we are not prudent or prepared, here's what happens instead. The cruise lines don't care one bit. They're just gonna let you do whatever. You go on and actually they stop by three ports where 90% of the population has the coronavirus and they let them on board and they send you in. And you go, great. If then 4,000 people on the cruise line get the coronavirus, kind of on us. We're like, exactly. you weren't prudent, you weren't, it, like there's certain things you can sort of go, I'm rolling the dice. Yeah. So, I mean, if the person that gets in the car accident is not wearing their seatbelt, you know, all that kind of stuff. They were driving 120, driving 120 miles an hour. Miles an, it's like, and, yeah. okay, that's, like, that, yeah. what do you say to that? Yes. So, so here's the thing. <clears throat> to Kim's point, what we become a voice for, because we know Jesus, is we become a voice for prudence and preparation right. in the appropriate way for the appropriate circumstance. Motivated by love and Motivated by compassion and love and not fear. <laughs> right. So when a virus is this one, we can have appropriate prudence, not inappropriate prudence, like we're behaving like the lion's chasing us. Yeah. But we can have compassion for those who are very fearful. Mm -hmm. And we can speak against panic. So when a magazine puts like this one and what's on front of the magazine is like, it's coming, it's deadly, Prepare, preparation can save your life, yep. right? Sell your possessions. Sell your then you know, then we, we are also the voice that says, you all know this is crazy, right? But you all know that this is serious, right? See, we make the assumption that we go, if I say this is crazy, I say this isn't serious. And if I say this is serious, I agree with the crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I disagree with the crazy yeah. and I disagree with the dismissiveness. Yeah. This is serious out of compassion for a vulnerable part of our population and the spread of a giant virus that becomes a pandemic. Right. And this is crazy. And applying that attitude would be so helpful when we think about politics, when we think yes, about, when we think about um, the problems that we see in the world. Um, and, and, you know, wouldn't it be like Jesus to be full of grace and truth yeah. um, in a situation yeah. like this where, yeah. where, man, okay, we're going to be wise, we're gonna be uh, vigilant, we're going to be compassionate and all of these things. Yep. Um, we're not gonna be dismissive, we're not gonna um, you know, play into the panic, um, but we're going to be participants in what God That's would right. call us to do. And so now, here we sit, here's the circumstance, I would say a couple things. One, let us as those who follow Jesus, one, be perhaps among the most prudent and vigilant in just doing the things that we know are appropriate to prevent the spread of the virus without fear. So wash hands, stay away from unnecessary things, but keep life going until our professional industry, the schools, the government actually shuts things down. When they do, whether you think it's a grand idea or not, for now, run with it and go, you know what? Like that's yeah. another way I'm participating. And obey the rules and obey, obey the, the laws. Rules, and do that. Okay. Even if you disagree, that's whatever, right. whatever. Then, be abundantly compassionate right now for our medical industry, our uh, law enforcement stuff, because lots of people are panicking. Right. So I know my friends who are in the ER world, Yeah. it's like a madhouse because yeah. everyone that has, uh, I might have the corona. Yeah. So they're getting flooded by people that out of genuineness are sure. concerned that would usually not show up at an ER. Right. So now they've got a hundred 
100% more people and they already have 100% of people that actually, already so that's, yeah. they're coming home more tired and exhausted and spent. Let's be compassionate to those around us. Let's be compassionate to those who are fearful, but let's gently speak into some comfort. Let's be compassionate to those that are dismissive and go, we know there's a lot of crazy out there, yeah. but hey, maybe being compassionate and washing your hands wouldn't be bad. Let, and this is where things like prayer yeah, can come in. Where enter you can, in. You can fight both of those yes, with prayer. Yes. Simultaneously, yes. you can pray for those who are struggling yep. with panic, and you can pray against dismissiveness. Yep. You can pray for the medical industry. You can pray for our government to be yep. wise. You can pray for, um, you know, for breakthroughs to cure the disease. You yep. can pray for all of these yep. things. That's right. um, and that's, you know, uh, it, it reminds me of, um, you know, what James says. Hey, if you're... If you're in a spot where you lack wisdom, man, come and ask God That's for right. it. If you're in a spot where you are worried about something, then you can yep. pray, you yep. know, and, and that's where the rubber meets and, the And road. here's the thing. At some point, it may be in the future that a virus does what this one's doing, but its direct impact is much more serious yeah. in terms of a larger portion of the population. You with me? And all this stuff we just went through, we might look back 30 years from now and go, man, you remember that coronavirus that wasn't to the whole population as serious, but it sparked lots of questions in the governments around the world and the global environment that we now live in and travel and all that on how to contain and quickly do things. Thank goodness we learned all those lessons with the virus that was not nearly as serious so that when one that is, we can affect things quickly. I'm always very aware of the advantage to that. Yeah. I just want us to be a voice to say, creating panic isn't just neutral. It has very detrimental impact on many other things that can have long-term impact if we're panicking for the sake of panic out of fear. Yeah. Let's not do that. And at the end of the day, it all roots back to the gospel gives us the freedom to live in any and every circumstance and yes. to have the peace that passes all understanding guard our hearts. And be wise and vigilant yeah. in it, behaving out of wisdom, so that we are both wise and at peace. That's, that's awesome. Great. So I think that's a great place to close it down. Guys, thanks for being with us today. Uh, whether you jumped in on Facebook Live or uh, you're listening on podcast, really appreciate you being with us. And uh, we can't wait to have another conversation soon. Awesome. Joel, thanks. Thank you, guys. Great to be with you.